Hi, this is Design Lota, the podcast about life as Indian designers. I'm Angie. And I'm Sushi. We're halfway through 2020. What a year. It should be obvious now, if it wasn't before, that it's impossible to escape the realm of digital design, no matter which discipline you work in. But there are some struggles and questions that are unique to design in tech, especially when it comes to the job search journey. It helps that there are so many online resources now for designers, especially to ramp up your skills in UX and digital product design. It's great that so many Indian designers are creating content about various aspects of the design and tech career. I spoke to Madhuri, who has been a tremendous support to design and product folks. I had the pleasure of meeting her a couple of times and her patient listening and practical pointers have always been really helpful, uh, not just to me, but to many designers. She co-founded D Plus P, which curates jobs on a monthly basis. She also works with Experian on finding the right fit between designers and companies. And her latest project is the Hireworthy podcast, where she has real conversations about design careers and hiring. You've been an illustrator, you've worked as a designer, and now you're doing both D plus P and Hireworthy as well as Experian. Like, I think it's so many things which are useful for the design community. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your journey. First thing first, thank you so much. And uh, this is really intimidating for me. I mean, I've been on the other side (laughs) trying to get people to talk to me. But now I understand a little more about how are people feeling when they are actually trying to talk to me. So this is a very interesting insight for me as well. And my journey, yes, it was an illustrator because purely because I had a very enthusiastic teacher who taught us illustration and Photoshop. I think that's what Mm. triggers a lot of people, right? Where they keep inspiring you to do better. And then when you do better, you keep going in your own pace. And that's where it got started. And we were like, okay, fine. Here's where I am. And I just went on. And after my fourth year, I kind of uh, went into design, UI design. Uh, Mm -hmm. thanks to Karthi majorly because she was the one who found me and she said that you know what illustration will keep you happy but you will not be very happy so trust me just come and do UI and that's good because now mentorship is like air for me and wi-fi so I can just get connected and ask her anytime and believe me it was a very good decision to make and I'm very happy even after like seven seven years eight years of experience and that's been a very interesting journey and now I'm looking at how do I get into more product centric roles and that's where yeah. I am looking at UI UX and then now product and now I'm I think I'm going to move more deeply to product management and design and create products for the design community because that's a very strong area which I think we all need to focus on because what ends up happening is there is nobody to support us mm-hmm. yeah we have LinkedIn but LinkedIn is just a social media platform yeah. it's not going to support you like you wake up one day and you say I don't know how to solve this problem there will be people to help you to solve a problem but there's nobody coming to support you train you educate you yeah I'm a self-taught designer so I know how it feels like to go through all this process right. so I was like let's do our best to support our own community and that's where experience started two years back mm. it's, it's exactly two years since experience started and from there we've kind of figured out various methods and approaches on how to go to you know our community and connect with them and you know help them in different ways so we ran a lot of experiments one of the experiments was uh you know hiring the right designers helping organizations get the right designers right yeah so we spent time on that and then we were like okay this there are certain things that make sense there are certain things that don't make sense so Mm -hmm. we went with the things that make sense obviously you have to pick 
I choose what makes sense. Yeah. And one of them was definitely educating designers on both sides, which is a high worthy podcast, which got kickstarted. And the other thing that we are still working on, it's coming soon and probably just in two weeks, you will see some more new updates on that. Okay. And in all of this, my journey is to ensure that whoever is being a part of the design and product community, we are there for them. Like you can reach mm-hmm. out to me anytime and I will still be available for all of that. And in this, DeepSP is a very pivotal part because end of the day, everything cannot be justified with a dollar value. You cannot say that, you know, this will give me returns in terms of dollar value, right? Yeah. There are hundreds of job portals and what happens in the day is, hey, they're all trying to make money out of here, this thing. I don't collect your profiles. Even though I collect it, somebody else is going to hire you. I'm not going to sit and make money of the data. That is not going to happen. So we just wanted to flip it and say that, you know what? job should be provided for free at least the communication should be free it should not be like hey you come to my place create your profile pay some money none of that if you feel free to donate you can donate some five dollars or something so we can keep the efforts going but that's about it we don't want to make it like a very strict process data oriented thing no you come just get your information move on design is all about that right you enable that person you move on you should not hold them and you know there's no customer acquisition and all of that So that's been the premise of my journey along with the work. And for me, there was one important quote that always keeps standing out to me. And especially these days, it's very important is you should measure your life in projects. The more number of projects that you have is more you can see your own progress that is happening. Now, I don't even need to look for a job. I have worked for the next 20 years. Now I'm looking into just working on my best things, making sure many projects are pushed out. Everything else is side effect. So that's a mushy answer of experience me and everything, oh. but this is all it is. <laughs> I, I think it's amazing. I mean, since we're talking about this whole journey of looking for a job, like actually at the back of it, it's more of what you're talking about, which is finding your purpose and your life's work. And that's kind of mixed into that, right? Like salary and all of that comes with it. And there's a time and place for that in your whole journey. But like you said, if you're at that point where you feel like, hey, whatever I'm doing on a daily basis is already fulfilling me so much, you know, why why do I need to look for a job? I was just uh, thinking that you should not get retired from something because I mean, one day you wake up, your job doesn't exist. That means your whole eight hours of your day doesn't exist. That means you will go crazy. So we had to do a lot of backward work to, you know, come here. And that's a very big differentiator, I think. I definitely think you're part of the solution in a big way. Can you define this whole gap, right? What is this problem? Like if you can define the problem that can make it easier for even people from both sides to understand it. Uh, Because there are jobs and there are candidates, but how do you play the matchmaker? If I can be very clear, right? Sure. The clear thing that I I have seen in terms of how uh, both sides are is they need Mm. to be clear on what is it that they're hiring for right that Mm, is where mm. a lot of information gets messed up because the input that comes in that says that hey uh, you require information architect you require this you require that in one of my recent interview with Dharmesh uh, user research interviews that I had done with him he basically uh, said that you don't need to hire a user researcher if you do not know what's the work that you're giving Mm -hmm. right it makes no sense if you're hiring somebody and then expecting an output out of them with if you are not clear just be honest and stay upfront that I just need a visual designer with these UI skills. 
or yes. you need a strong recession time to basically come and say that this is not going to work out we are going to optimize so one person will do x to y jobs because now they clear they yes. cannot spend on a lot of in between roles they're just going to spend on one person who will do this one job so you need to have the start process even when you're not in a recession time it cannot be like i'm only when there is recession i will to think about that so you need to look at that gap and say that if i am going to hire somebody let them do this work fully mm. then let me not step in the way and say that you're not delivering or this is not the person that i'm looking for so that is where a lot of people get confused and so education needs to be on both sides right it's not just the business side that i'm mm. questioning i'm also questioning the design side which basically is like i can give you this i can give you this i can give you this i can do yes you have too many skills i appreciate the fact that you have put on a lot of skills but if you look at it like a little higher level you can actually see that you are the same old vanilla flavor as the mm-hmm. other person like what is it that you are bringing to the table that makes you forever hireable forever employable employment means somebody is willing to take your skills and give you something in return whether it is mentorship advisory exchange of value in any form if we monitor it could be anything yeah and that is something that if you can distinguish yourself you yeah. will stay forever employable so this gap of understanding needs to be from both sides and they need to say that okay you need to understand what this side goes through you need to understand what this side goes through when you are trying to hire exactly. somebody Hmm. so in my opinion that's the biggest gap that i see hmm. so let's start off thinking about this whole process of looking for a job right how do you see uh, designers navigating their careers and how do they set a road map so like we have designers who are like you said self taught designers we have designers from design school uh, probably did an internship or two and then you also have designers who are maybe 8 years 10 years 14 years in the profession with uh, some experience in this changing landscape as well what's your experience with designers what are they looking for and how do they chart their road map so what i see in terms of expectations from somebody who has just uh, come out is they expect uh, the company to function as a company that is promoting itself to be a design centric company say a facebook or a intercom or something mm-hmm. like that and that is not real because we all know somebody who's be we been in the industry for some time we know yeah. how messy the whole process is inside yeah. right and for somebody who's coming out graduation they kind of read these things and they expect everything to be structured ordered and all of that and i think that is kind of going to be hard to tell them that that's not going to happen buddy you have to kind of uh, you know go through this ambiguity and that is where the biggest factor of uh, learning right where they have to break this gap by themselves and then they have to come to the other side nobody is sitting and breaking this gap for them so the realistic education is missing very high so if you can't train for the right inputs then how will they expect the better outputs so i find that as the biggest uh, drawback and i hope it is resolved soon because realistic conversations are missing it's more like we did this we launched this we did xyz we got this xyz funding yes you enabled all of that that's a big deal but who is coming and talking about the number of you know rifts we have between our own colleagues who is talking about how do we deal with uh, collaboration giving the right feedback ensuring that you when you are transitioning from ic to design manager who is going to come and say that uh, is this working is this not working 
there is no uh, bar for these things especially for design everything is either self taught or you actually go back to the design school where it's like uh, something is set in stone yeah. in design school yeah. and outside nothing is set in stone so, yeah yeah and you are in for a rude shock and suddenly you're like what happened to that ideal world in my head <laughs> yeah exactly but that is missing a big time where you learning in fragmented ways that's the expectation that we needs to be broken from there and for us who been experienced we need to keep you know upskilling and being staying relevant because it's not going to be the same old world anymore so we need to know our context very well whether it's we can get buried down in our own work and we're like okay hey today i am not going to engage with my boss because xyz reasons this that that is our small picture we are not zooming out and seeing okay how is the industry progressing can i connect with somebody can i move forward okay i've been here for 3 4 years and nothing wrong with being there for 3 4 years can we move the existing system forward our own work can we move it much forward so the context is everything and we are missing context big time no matter how many years of experience that you have and that is the biggest gap that i see and it's a mindset thing also right if you don't want to pursue the context you wouldn't know that there is no context or rather you should at least be enlightened by it so that not even enlightened be aware of it otherwise you'll be like i don't know what what is working what is not working that will be a very big gap to address yeah yeah especially like what you said about realistic conversations because like my very crude analogy of like this matchmaking yeah. thing right so this whole process seems like everyone's trying to bring their best selves so the designer who's looking for a job is saying i'm this i'm that of showcasing what i can do yeah and same with you know what a company is doing this is we are design centric we're doing this and then no one's saying what a day with me <laughs> feels like you know and uh, what formats would those kind of conversations take would really help uh, both sides to make better decisions i think yeah um, yeah that's true i also wanted to focus a bit on when it comes to this whole interview process and when you're showcasing your skills so i'll come to all of those but what are those non obvious skills that you think are missing in terms of focus when designers are looking for jobs i think one of the most non obvious skills that people don't show in their portfolio is the number of people they have collaborated mm. right i want to take one step back and i want to explain this part sure where if you are applying for a company you are basically trying to set the fact that hey i'm here i exist and take a look at my profile because i think i am relevant to your company yeah one i am taking this scenario where all is good in your life and you are like just applying because you feel that it's you are good part of the company there's another scenario where you have lost your job and you're trying to apply to all companies possible i'm not covering that because the answer that i will say will probably answer that mm-hmm. as well so when all is good in your life you approach it a certain way you like okay i will try to show the best version of myself i will try to show the best work i'll try to exactly. communicate my best i'll get back on time i will show who all i worked with i'll give everybody credit and i will tell exactly what i did all these things come out when all is good when all is bad you want to show yourself as the hero and everything else is like not working that's a very typical human mm-hmm. thing there's nothing to do with the designer or recruiter here it's a very human thing 
so when you actually look at a scenario where this person is not communicating something obvious it basically means that either they have something that they are not able to say what they have done that is one part the other part is maybe they know it but they do not want to highlight then the onus falls on the person who is hiring recruiting to figure out what happened then as neutral party who doesn't understand his context or her context i will assume that something bad that this person did imagine linkedin is there glassdoor is there you cannot hide mm, now anymore mm. because you have all kinds of profiles and when that is a situation yeah. imagine i call one of yeah. your colleagues somehow i get in touch with your colleagues and i figure out that you had tried to steal somebody's work or take credit for somebody's work imagine what would happen yeah. your points will reduce throughout the whole thing right so the most non obvious thing that people do not highlight is the people that they have worked with it's okay ask people can i put your name in my portfolio they will be absolutely happy and who doesn't want credit please tell me who doesn't want credit absolutely yeah they'll be very happy they will be like okay put them i will talk to them if in case they call me it's okay because what's there to hide end of the day the product has been shipped something has done it has made money or not made money mm-hmm. and sometimes the product doesn't exist but it's okay asent to call unless until the situation is so bad that you and your colleagues or your boss are not in great talking terms that is something that you need to consider delicately but if you yeah. can put it out put it out showcase your work and tell people that i have done this work and another side right if you are applying for a, say a fintech company they will expect you to at least come from a similar domain say a fintech domain or a banking domain or some e-commerce domain mm-hmm. because the time you take to absorb the knowledge the terminology is longer if you come from another completely different domain and that is why people ask have you done my kind of work yeah. have you done my kind of work in such a way that i can understand my work through your work like that is how it is end of the day it is like what are you doing for me that is all people look at and when that is the situation all you have to do is uh, you know tell people that i have worked with 20 developers i have worked with four product managers i have worked with then what does that inform me as a recruiter hey we also have 20 developers that means he knows how to he or she knows how to work with developers mm-hmm. uh, always work with product management that means she knows how to do this work with product mm-hmm. management maybe she knows how to deal with the prd maybe if i give her a prd will she be able to understand yeah. that is the reason why people say that put these non obvious things also aside because we don't know what's happening in your mm-hmm. life we have no clue right mm-hmm. so that is how we need to enable people tell them that we'll give you credit but at the same time i also need to show my work so this is the only field that actually asks for proof of work when we are actually applying for job when you are looking at other fields they are like okay you are a mechanical engineer probably they will just do some background checks verification and all of these things i'm not so aware so i could be completely wrong on that but that's what i've seen there could be some examination tests because they are all scientific very structured programs design is too but a lot of times we fall into the folly that hey i can also judge design it's basically boxes and buttons i can also do <laughs> you just don't yeah. get the fact that it's not really a judgment based thing there is a lot of science behind design and that is missing from the recruiter side where they need to be trained with that designer there are very few recruiters that are trained with the designer and that's why open up your portfolio in such a way that a 5 year old can also understand what you Yeah. it takes 30 seconds for somebody to go through a portfolio because they get almost 60 applications if you can't write please do a video i will watch a youtube video i don't mind 
That's a great idea. When you're writing a case study, we talk about the design process and we just say, then I did this, then I did this, then I did this. And finally, here, look at this. But between those steps, what happened? How did you collaborate? So we need to think of ways to bring out uh, that aspect because that's where I'm saying this is who I am and this is how I handled this whole situation. Yeah, and it's also how we solve this problem. You should show it's never the scenario that I have one problem statement, I have one solution. Mm -hmm. You have one problem statement, you have 10 to 20 solutions that you can solve. Mm -hmm. So why did you choose that one solution to solve? Okay, you don't have the reasoning. That's fair. Can you please get the reasoning for somebody who has chosen that reasoning and tell them that you have gotten this direction from the product management or your senior UX designer. And then say that this is the approach we took. These are the options we came up with. And this is what we did, right? So Mm -hmm. that is something that is very important. Or what ends up happening is people will tend to assume that you do not think through the old problem statement because they don't know you. They're only seeing what is presented. So obviously I will assume that. So you need to change that way of communication. That's why I said video is faster because you're seeing Mm. me, you're seeing my body expression, you're seeing my non-communicative aspects. How do you communicate certain points that are not comfortable for you? Everything comes through in a video. And a lot of interview process can be reduced by just doing this part alone, right? So when when we launched last year, one of the experiments was this. And yeah. could bring down the whole hiring process of, you know, the phone interview. All of it was completely cut down and only came down to two rounds. One round is by me. The second round is by the hiring manager. That's it. Anything more than that is a lot of time waste for a lot of people. And when you give this video to the people who are interviewing, they can go ahead and upload it in wherever they want. And it also becomes like you're also in the room. Like everyone got the same idea of who this person is. Because after a certain point, it becomes hearsay, right? Like you were in this room, then there were like five rounds of five different people talking to this person. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this whole aspect of basically by looking for a job, right? You're thinking of one is who I am and this is what I want to showcase about who I am. Yeah. What can I handle right now, which is related to your priorities at the moment? Also in terms of, like you said, if I have just lost my job, then my priorities are quite different. Mm -hmm. And also what I want to do. So I may have a dream company in my mind and all of that. Can you talk a little bit about this whole self-awareness aspect? I actually uh, did a quite a bit of work on this. So I call, we call this in experience as a simple process called point A. What's your point A? That's the self-awareness that we have. So we actually ran this as an assessment for every person that took it as a job seeker. So if you, if you come to us, we do it. Right now, I've not started that as a product because I've been tweaking it a bit. But that's something that we want to bring it out mm. to everybody. Where you come, get your portfolio assessed, get your uh, work assessed. You will know that okay, hey, this is what is going to happen, and this yeah. is where you are. Right. So a lot of times, a lot of times, somebody wants to go to Google. Always, right? It's G Mafia. It's 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 exciting. Everybody wants to go there. Everybody does the best work. Yeah, it is good work because your impact that you have is in millions. It's not in billions. It's not even like, hey, this thousand people I impacted. No, no, no. You want 10 million impact. Okay, cool. (laughs) Right. So when that is the situation, you need to know where you are. When you are probably an average Indian designer working in a services industry, it's because almost 80% of them are in the service industry. If you look at the numbers. And if it's services industry, for you to cross services industry and go into consulting, big deal. For some, by per chance, you have moved from consulting and then into product. 
your product now needs to be in one of those unacademy by jews uh, ola levels then only you will be able to be recognized by say a microsoft or uber or something like that mm. right so that is the trajectory that usually you need to take yeah you can skip all of this trajectory by going to a good university but end of the day you're going to go through the same process that a normal designer has also gone through right so you need to know where you are and from here can we improve and go right that's all mm. we need to look at. so how can mm. you improve there are a lot of ways to do it and that's when we will go into the problem you found exact problem you want to focus yeah. on and there are some excellent standout people who have done such great work to be where they are mm. like for example Johnny Vino he started out from Zoho and now is at Apple how did he go there so we reviewed the portfolio to show how he actually went through the process and that is by consistent work when you show proof of work outside people will come to you you mm. only know that i exist as hyrvathi podcast because i have put my proof of work outside there consistently every single week right. you see an episode out there and people will be like hey this person is doing something about it so let's talk to this you have at least that access because you have that proof of work out there so proof of work is very important and it doesn't matter what stage you are in you can keep going as long as you have proof of work consistently putting out there hmm. so if you are sitting silently and assuming that job offers will come to you it's not going yeah. to happen do not confuse proof of work with number of triple shots it's not going to get you probably get put in the door nothing wrong with that but you will not be able to sustain if you do not have the core principles taken care those are the aspects in which i think we need to know where we are so we can work on them and keep going it's actually a very mind draining process because when you know where you are you feel depressed mm-hmm. but i think at the same time it's quite liberating as well right it's like getting a diagnosis and saying this is exactly yeah. what your problem is yeah so uh, i i know what i'm working with at that point yeah uh, i just want to mention like one interview that i gave the person uh, who interviewed me she took the time to tell me exactly what was going wrong in the way i was uh, yeah it's like a blind spot i can't see it myself someone has to tell me that i'm doing this which is not working out for me yeah. right and uh, like i said it was really liberating it made sense because there's somebody from the other side giving you critical mm-hmm. feedback on what's Absolutely. happening and it kind of gives you a drive as well because it's like i have a goal now once you give me feedback you you go through that cycle you're discouraged you're thinking oh what have i been doing all these years why didn't i work on this earlier how did i get here you go through all of that then you come to okay let's get real this is the problem let's start working on it how do we improve so it kind of challenges you and gives you a goal to you know next target yeah. and move ahead so yeah. So yeah I think it's incredibly helpful and if feedback can be official in the job in process that would be amazing. Yeah it would be great but I'm I'm not sure how much can be accommodated because ultimately feedback is also driven by a set of rules right. If I have a company that is not very upfront about feedback it's going to be very hard for the interviewer to actually give you feedback. Yeah. and uh, if there are no rules set in saying that we will give feedback a certain way there will be a retrospective that be a very clear way of doing it so that's why i'm not sure if feedback can be probably an outsider can give you feedback by doing mock interviews that is something that makes sense but how many outsiders will do it again that's also a problem so i i don't know there's a lot of gray areas in that i think we will 
it out so we were talking about companies knowing exactly what they want right like paying attention to why have we opened up this role why now what do we want what was not there so if you can say about titles and descriptions and how they come up with these things i'm sure you have a lot to say because for a for a job seeker that kind of becomes like the thing that they look at and then they start measuring up they're saying 6 years i have 8 years you know uh, so that description kind of becomes like a guiding star for should i apply or not yeah it's very interesting right we curated around 600 plus jobs in d plus p every month i remove them because a lot of dead weight right you're going to go through the old jobs is it no use right mm-hmm. so when we did all of that we noticed a very interesting pattern senior designers are being called at 4 5 years that is not a senior design role in my opinion senior designers at least have a much more maturity to come there right it's not going to be about you are somebody who's going to deal uh, with the end to end product so you're a senior designer that makes no sense because we have not standardized any of these yeah. and it doesn't help in understanding what is it you're going to do so we have that colonial hangover where it basically we have that banking mindset where oh you're a manager you're assistant manager don't get me wrong because in all banks they have this structure which is so predictable you're a pun you're a clerk then you're going into officer then you become a manager or assistant manager then you become yeah. branch manager and then you become assistant <laughs> manager like it's so predictable yeah the road map is already set for you you know where you're headed right exactly and in banking there is not much it's a lot of compliance control rather than actual yeah. banking processes and they're all wrappers all the new banks are basically wrappers of just making it much more delightable or whatever is obvious is coming out now and they do good work but in design and in product and wherever where there is problem solving you cannot attach a seniority title in terms of name because somebody who has probably 2 years experience can challenge somebody who is at 7 to 8 years experience because of thought process hmm. that is why titles don't make sense to us because we cannot put another industry's title and thought process hmm. come on our parents most of our parents have worked in banks or some kind of traditional sector where the road map is very clear the management style is very hierarchical it doesn't work for us and they weren't going through so many jobs as well exactly. in that generation because like you said the path is uh, obvious yeah. where you're headed and my mom worked in a bank for almost 45 50 years i can't imagine myself in that position at all <laughs> many people shift companies in 2 to 3 years so when you jump and grow cool you have senior positions but does your maturity define seniority or does your years of experience define seniority there are a lot of these gray area questions and for me end of the day seniority is the responsibility that you carry especially in experience mm-hmm. where we are like okay you carry this responsibility that is the reason why you are at this position we don't have titles that say senior designer product designer all of this yeah i call myself a product designer because i know i am product designer it's i have to define my title mm. because i know this is what i bring to the table yeah. but i'm mm. sure every company cannot be that way because there are certain aspects that is involved certain established companies like microsoft and all of them they have level 1 level 2 procedures because their responsibilities are defined because the product is already mm. defined they can now tell people that level 2 people do such kind of work say x amount of responsibility mm. is given and as always never let your title define you because if you can do something better why can't you pick it up remember we were just discussing that life is measured in projects when life is measured in projects mm. why do you want to stay away from more projects right so 
it makes no sense to be that way and it kind of ends up being like okay uh, this is out of my responsibility out of my comfort zone then when will we grow right so that's the reason why i am unsure why we have so many titles and that too we are bringing our traditional structures in and we are converting our googles and facebook start process with our thing it's become a huge mess mm. so we need to see how yeah. to define yeah. them probably it will settle down like for example product managers have a very clear title saying that if you're training you're an associate product manager if you are still figuring out then you are an intern or a junior when they're like done something you become a product manager senior product manager a manager product manager managing product managers that is formed as a structure because product management started way ahead of us and now design is getting there so that's the that's why there is a lot of confusion but the end of this put this confusion aside and focus on what you can do best if you can do your responsibilities if you can stretch your responsibilities stretch it if your company is not allowing you to and you want to please figure out another organization that would allow you to don't allow your title to define hmm. uh, i think in one of our earlier conversations you had mentioned that you work on custom job descriptions kind of try to understand what exactly this role is asking for yeah. i ran this uh, recruitment thing where i did it for experience itself and uh, only until the client says it's a senior product designer until that we will not with touch it but everything else is opened up we open up to, uh, mm-hmm. you know what is their responsibility that they're going to do what is a typical day looking like things mm-hmm. like that are opened up otherwise what it tends to happen is they will ask us a lot of questions and we will not have answers so rather get the questions prepare it as a deliverable and give it to them and say that this is your job description have a look at it if you have any questions let us know uh, you know i remember uh, jared school had shared something about job descriptions oh yeah yeah was it like write a thank you letter to the person you know maybe after 6 months of joining hypothetically yeah. uh, they've joined and then what do you thank them for and then compare it with rest of your team so it's really funny because you may say hey thank you for you know building up the new design system and someone else like oh that person's going to build a design system <laughs> because you don't agree on why we need this person yeah so he should have that conversation more and more because one person is saying oh great i'm going to have one more guy in my team Mm-hmm. and then it's going to help me with my you know workload yeah. and then we're all going to share this and work on it some other person is like great our visual design is going to go to the next level because of this person so in the end of the day you are going to be frustrated they are going to be frustrated what's the point yeah it's not because of you to behavior it's because of unclear priorities so most bad management happens with unclear priorities and it's great and so useful because it's kind of like the first line right like if you can get that off the next process is still going to be a little more closer to what you want then it's just a thing of whether you're cut out for this or not yeah because they also will gauge themselves against what you have put out yeah. it's an ad right it's an ad for your company you call it somebody suitable so call the right person at least yeah definitely i think as a designer also when i see a job description i know whether they know what they're talking about or not like yeah. the way you write what you're writing right uh, it tells you a lot about the company yeah that's true let's go a little more into this aspect of skills currently in product design ux design we see a whole spectrum of design activities that a designer does so there's research there's prototyping ui design now we have motion design ux writing uh, the whole bunch of skills and coming back to that self awareness part we kind of have to place ourselves somewhere 
within this whole tag cloud yeah. of what all uh, what all you're possibly going to work on and also we hear this term t-shaped be a t-shaped designer oh yeah so any thoughts on that like again how how are you aware of what your strengths are this titles have definitely confused us the skill cloud has confused us the tag yeah. have confused us <laughs> what i would say is this like if i can give you a glimpse of how my day looks like if if i'm just running the hairwati podcast you would say i'm not a designer because the way you do things for the podcast is required because you need to do these things then will you tell me that i'm not a designer but i know i am a designer i have worked on these things i am building yeah. an experience now with this podcast i'm building an info product with these things so that is going to happen and when that is going to happen will you call me and tell me that i am not a designer because i am running a podcast so that's why i disregard all these titles because it makes no sense in terms of telling me what i should do so now say you are doing a ui once you write some ui copy and say that this is suitable for this context if yeah, it is not yeah. working will you not brainstorm and make this copy better yeah there are people whose full time job is to do that there's nothing wrong but will you provide your inputs or not so will you suddenly go to your linkedin and put a <laughs> saying that i write ui copy i'm great at ux writing also you need to collaboratively come out with that copy with your team but you have put your first step so no matter what the situation is we need to be aware that we are doing end to end work especially if we are unable to communicate our insights or i hate the word insights because many people don't know what insights are when we are trying to go from research even if you do desk research to basically doing ui mm-hmm. you need to do that because somebody cannot visualize what this desk research is coming across as ui and you as a designer have to stand in that center and say that i have taken points from here and this is the output that your customer will see exactly this is the power we as designers have if we cannot do that much then we can't call ourselves designers and that is what i call as a t-shaped designer because you are standing there rooted in your strength your strength could be ui your strength could be user experience research your strength that depth that part of the t hmm. but you should be aware of the other parts how does your developer work with design hey you gave a fancy drupal shot now how how will your developer develop yeah. it does he have the time and constraint to sit and do all of this work okay now my developer cannot develop it now you'll scale it back to the previous you know like a simple design hmm. which follows a clear pattern and interaction design hmm. you call yourself an interaction designer at that point there is a spectrum you have a depth yeah approach from your depth and ensure that all the sides of your collaborators yeah. all kinds of people understand who is where and who is what always there's no point in working in design it's not a solo game yeah sometimes yeah. i do get into the rabbit hole of me delivering on my own you know without involving anybody but i see my output it's not so great so i have mm-hmm. to involve somebody and make sure that this is better Hmm. I think also knowing when to approach whom is also part of the horizontal part of it right uh, maybe i'm really good at ui and i know this copy is supposed to say this but my words are not good enough to say it so at least i know i'm trying to say this can you help me say this yeah the tricky aspect is knowing that you can collaborate you're not a small t sticking there <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know I'm just making this analogy on the spot like you have these so many teeth in your mouth and mm-hmm. only if all the teeth work together is when you will chew your food or talk yeah. something you have a certain syllables if mm-hmm. you even miss one single teeth mm-hmm. it is going to work 
entirely different yeah. it cannot mm-hmm. work the same way mm-hmm. and that is where you know you have to understand that you are not a shining star so you have to be aware of that before you move into much more deeper levels wow madri sure is a powerhouse of support for the design community this is also useful for design teams wanting to recruit and grow and it's important to evaluate your requirements before launching into the hiring process for job seeking designers it's encouraging to know that with self awareness one can greatly improve their prospects uh, while filtering out the opportunities which may not be for them that way some rejections can even feel good like it wasn't meant to be it's always beneficial to know your point a i found her theory about measuring yourself in projects quite fascinating hmm. it makes me wonder about all the incomplete work i have lying around well incomplete work need not equal unpresentable work right especially in tech where everything evolves so fast uh, you need to put on the recruiter's hat when you're putting your work together uh, before applying to the position but also remember to put it aside when you're working or creating that's a good tip don't lose your authenticity in the quest for employability ooh that's a t-shirt quote <laughs> <laughs> hey listeners what have you learned from your job search journey Tweet to us at Design Lota and tell us one thing that helped you in your job search as a designer. You can find references and the transcript for this episode on our blog, designlota.com. We'll be back with part two of our talk with Madhuri on face-to-face interviews, the emotional aspect of the job search journey, and more. Until then, bye. bye.